You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. There's a slavery of this world and there's a slavery to Almighty God. And let me tell you, one will leave you completely dead, gutted, and ruined, and the other one will leave you absolutely fulfilled, joyful, and will lead to eternal life. And there's one thing for sure, you and I are absolutely slaves of one or the other, and you can't sit it out. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. You guys remember years ago, because I had his album, Bob Dylan, Slow Train Coming. You got, serve somebody. Remember? Remember, he's going, he's talking about slavery. He's talking about yielding to Jesus. It might be the devil. It might be the Lord. But you got, serve somebody. Remember that? And it's true. He was absolutely true in saying that. And, uh, What's amazing to me is we've got a Bible in our hand right here and we're reading Paul the Apostle and um, some people might pride themselves in saying, well, I studied, I studied Socrates. Good. That's awesome. And you should. Uh, well, I studied Plato. He was the student of Socrates. That's fantastic. That's great. And somebody might say, well, I studied Aristotle. That's awesome. And uh, somebody might say, well, I studied Aristotle's student, Alexander the Great. Okay, that's great. Guess what? Not one of them. The great philosophers of mankind. And throw in there, by the way, all of the Oriental mystics and the enlightened ones, the gurus. Not one of them had the audacity to take on what we're looking at in this section of Scripture. That their sin that there's righteousness, unrighteousness, that there's the grace of God, there's the law of God, there's eternal life, there's liberty and freedom. Think of it. You and I possess uh, such an awesome, eternal power in the word of God. In fact, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful. I love that statement. 
Now, maybe it's because I have a cartoon mind, but when you go to breakfast today after service, you had to take your Bible into the restaurant and set it on the table right there. Well, you open it up even, kind of like hang over like that. <laughs> Look, you could take a magazine, you could take anything, you could take a library book. Nobody will pay any attention to it. You take your Bible to breakfast this morning and take it into the, and just set it there. The server's gonna freak out. Why? Because that thing is, it's, it's like speaking when people are not even aware that it speaks. What is that, the Bible? <laughs> Just do this, please. Side note, if you take your Bible into the restaurant and put it on your table, you have to tip big. <laughs> right? Don't be, some, don't be some crummy tipper. If you're representing Jesus, you got to give a whopper, you know? But the word of God is living and powerful. It goes on to say that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. The Bible does this. And of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents or the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from its sight. Listen, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. What a powerful statement that is. Two things. The Bible teaches us that in the book of Revelation chapter 20, all those who are not born again will stand before the judgment of Almighty God. It's called the great white throne judgment. And here's what that means about we must all appear before God naked. It's not naked like you don't have clothes on. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's way worse than that. It's naked because the inside of who we are is turned inside out. That's, that's what's being implied. No one will be able to hide. No one will be able to pull the wool over God's eyes. The Bible says that those that stand before the judgment of Almighty God, their insides are turned outward and God sees it all. And the Bible says that they'll have to answer for that. Now that's the judgment of the unbeliever. That's the great white throne judgment. On the other side, there's the judgment of the believers. Those who are you and I, born again believers, going to heaven. We appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Big difference, mind you. But even still, he will turn us inside out. Why did you do what you did? Did you do anything at all? What were you thinking? What, who were you worshiping? What was going on? Was there a real connection between what the Bible says and how you lived your life when you claim to know the name of Jesus? This really matters. When God goes to work, he transforms. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. This is fantastic, by the way. You should put, the, you have a teenager? You have a, you have a school, you have a classroom? You should put this on the inside door and on the outside of the door. This is just good, period. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Wow, that's powerhouse scripture. Number one. The word keep here is to garrison. Uh, it's to have a military dispatch uh, deployed. Imagine that picture. Well, we're talking about our hearts. Yeah, the Bible says you need to have an army around your heart to guard it. You want to know why our, our hearts, our hearts, uh, they're pretty, our hearts can be pretty stinky. That's why God needs to give us a new heart. He says to keep your heart with all diligence. Fortify it, strengthen it, 
How do we do that? With the word of God. But why should we do it? Well, because for out of it, that is the heart, spring the issues of life. The, the way that you live your life and for whom or what you live your life for is answered right here in Proverbs 4, verse 23. You're, you are living out what's in your heart. Remember what the Bible says. Jesus said, out of, the, out of the mouth or out of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you'll have to forgive my French. No, that was actually your heart. And why do the French always get blamed? What's with that? Yeah, kind of funny anyway. I don't think they appreciate it, but... Oh, you know what? <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. You know, I understand that. We all get that. But how are you living your life? What is your lifestyle? And what's so important is, do you have a life worth living? Are you living a life worth having? Because if you're living a life worth having, it speaks of momentary and then it's gone. But if God goes to work, then it's altogether different, very powerful. So church, here we do, or here we go. Let's mark this down. Verses 12 uh, to 14 is this, and that is having a life worth living is having the power of God. And I want to stress the power of God, not the power of man, not your power, not my power. Do you have the power of God? Now, if you're a Christian, do you know this? If you're a Christian, the power of God has been given to us. But listen, the power of God in the life of the believer only works right when we use that power. It's available. Think of, it, think of the power of God being in a, in a box or in a can or in a container. You got to pull it out. It's right there in front of you, the power of God. Not the power of man. This is very, very exciting, I think, for us to understand. Is that Christianity is the exhibition of the power of God in our lives. Jesus in Acts chapter 1 said, go wait in Jerusalem until the coming of the promise, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send to you and you will be empowered with power from on high. And that power will come and be upon you. Every, are you guys okay? You're very quiet. You, you, it's because you're so focused. Is that what it is? Okay. I hope so. Every believer, you know, so many times, oh, God, I need power. And God looks over a cloud and says, I already gave it to you. Right? Think about it. Oh, God, I need peace. He shouts down and says, I already gave you peace. You need to wake up to the realization. You are a child of the living God. And he's not bankrupt. You're not walking around here like a pauper. The peace of God is yours to have now. The reason why you're a believer and you don't have it is because you have not taken it out of the box. And the power of God. Imagine how tragic it is for ministry to say, you know what? If you do this, 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 and four other things, you'll get the power of God. That's called religion. You can find that down the street. That's not here. We want you to meet Jesus in his book. And the power of God is what does Christianity in your life. Stop pushing the brick up the hill. It's absolutely amazing. It's his power. Look at the first thing in verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Now, I'm going to have to explain this, this uh, uh, sub point or subtitle to this. Now, 
hear me out. I've never used this before ever in 32 years of teaching, so let me explain it. So having the power of God, and that is the power over my demons. Now, this is what I'm not saying. I am not saying, you mean, you mean that demon of nicotine? No. You mean that, you mean that demon of, of, I'm trying to remember, you know, lust? No. You mean that demon behind the door over there? No. I'm not talking about some little spiritual fanged, fuzzy thing running around, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I say my demons, this is us together, the things in our lives that seem to just dog us as believers and we never get victory over them. I'm not talking about demonic activity, though it, it is a fact. In fact, I should say this. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't believe in any of that stuff. I don't believe in Satan. I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in fallen angels. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Well, boy, they sure got you, sucker. You just fell right headlong right into it. You're on a battlefield and you're getting shot at and you've been shot and you don't even know it. And then, listen, and then there's the believer on the other side that the Bible over and over again tells us we're in a battle. And we're not in a battle against flesh, are we? The Bible says that we're in a battle against invisible things, principalities and powers. Pastor Jack, can you not mention that right now? That's exactly the point. We need to stop deifying the powers of darkness and realize that God's power... For those of you who have been with us to Israel, and, and that one trip, I don't know what trip it was, but we were heading up to the Temple Mount area, and there was a busload of Nigerian Christians who just got off the bus. They, have their, they had their beautiful Nigerian robes on, and they were going up the hill, and they're, going, they're singing a song, and they go, they were singing this song, Satan's power, powerless power, Jesus power, superpower. And we're like, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. I'm like, white guy. I'm trying to like do this. But man, they were like, Satan's power? Powerless power. Jesus power. Super power. And it's like, I mean, yeah. You know, it's like, that is true. Satan's got power. But Jesus has superpower. And that superpower, he didn't keep it in a box. He gave it to us in his word. And the Holy Spirit's job in our lives is to have that power active. Listen, with all due respect, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Hallelujah for that. But listen, the Bible says, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And that is Bible and that is true. John 15, here's the deal. Listen carefully. It's not enough. It's what? The death of Jesus Christ as awesome as it was, is not enough unless. What do you mean unless? What are you adding to this? I'm not adding anything to it. Here it goes. This is the gospel. Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. Listen, the one who died on the cross canceled the power of sin that was upon our lives. He died in our place. God went to the cross in human skin for us. Listen, if you and I got to heaven solely on that, then that's all that's needed. But he rose again from the grave. That promises Jesus physically rose from the dead. He busted the grave. 
Think about that. He broke it. The very thing that haunts you, Jesus broke it. Death in the grave. It's not just that he died. He died and he rose again from the grave. Thank God. Praise the Lord. We have a living Savior. He's alive. And that empty tomb in Jerusalem is proof of that. You know, I, I just got a funny feeling. I don't know. You know, this world, we're living in a wacky world right now. And people are believing the dumbest things. You can just throw, you can throw noodles against the wall and people will go, look at that map. <laughs> it's like, what? I wouldn't be surprised in this day and age because listen, if you can destroy the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can destroy Christianity. Don't you think Satan knows that? Okay, listen, don't you think that Satan is probably already engineering some National Geographic archaeologist is going to find Jesus' body when the Hilton was trying to build a hotel in Jerusalem and they open, and oh, look, the body of Jesus. That's what Satan, listen, he's a liar. And that's the problem. Listen, every religious leader's body is somewhere. Come with us to Israel. We'll run into the tomb and look, and it's like, there's nothing there. What are we looking at? Absolutely nothing. Travel 15 hours to go to his tomb and see nothing. Why? He's not there. He rose again from the dead. He's alive. He lives. The power of Almighty God. And the Bible says, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Mortal, this body, now. Because why? Why does it say that? Because we have a tendency to have sin reign in our bodies. You see, Pastor Jack, I love the Lord. I'm walking with God. I understand that. And I hope we can dig a little deeper today. God has worked in our lives and he's put all these horrible things that we once used to do behind us. But what about those things that still plague us? Things that are so, they're sin and they reign, but they are so subtle. We don't pick up on them. We've even, we've even said that's just part of my, that's part of my uh, personality. Which we justify it away. We have to be careful about that. That it keep us from what God wants to do in our lives next. Do not let sin reign. The word in Greek actually says this, stop it. Stop it, stop it. Stop allowing sin to reign in your life. And church, guess who, who is Paul writing to? Anybody remember? The believers in Rome, they were Christians. He's telling them. It's like him writing to the church at Chino Hills and saying, stop letting sins rule in your mortal body. Stop it. Are we allowed to say stop it anymore? You know, do you love your kids? So your kids, when your kids say, I want, I want cheesecake for breakfast. No, you're not having cheesecake for breakfast. I thought you loved me. I do love you. That's why you're not having it. If I didn't love you, you could have the whole cake. I don't care. But because you are my kid, I love you. You ain't eating cheesecake for breakfast. How about for lunch? I'll think about it. How about, what about dinner? Most absolutely. But have you noticed, listen, if a kid wants to have cheesecake, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you give it to them, you don't love them. A diet of cheesecake could eventually kill you. And when you have this stuff in your life, it's just there. It, it just it keeps you back. It doesn't keep you out of heaven. It keeps you from growing. 
And I don't know, maybe I'm pushing it too far, but as a Christian, my fear is if I'm not growing. Uh, I, I just might as well be, be in heaven, right? If I'm not growing, I'm terrified of not growing. My biggest fear is not growing as a believer. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.